1: During the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome everyone to another edition
0: of these Facebook lives. You do not want to know what Josh and I were just talking about
1: beforehand. It It was, it was funny to us.
0: It was funny to us, but inside jokes, they're funny for a reason you don't let everyone on the outside in. Anyway, what we are talking about today is going to be around what trainings or certifications do you need before coaching clients? And this is something that comes up often in the group and has honestly come up, I think, since the inception of the group four plus years ago. Mm -hmm. It's been a hot minute and rightfully so, right? Because this is a question that, I mean, there is a definitive answer, but also sort of, yeah. With, yeah, with nuance. And then there's yeah. also the distinction between what is legally required and what mm-hmm. might be good practice or in the best interest of the clients. So it's been a while since we've talked about this one and thought it would be a good chance to dive back into this topic, especially since it comes up so frequently. So. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> so... What certifications and trainings are required to be a financial coach?
1: So the definitive answer is it depends. And what it depends on is how you're going to define being a financial coach. <laughs> that is a great answer. Thank you, Joshua. So, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there are no or training. Well, that only, that's only if you define financial coaching in a very specific, uh, narrow way. And that's not to say that that definition is wrong. It's just important to recognize that there are multiple definitions and your definition may not be the same as another person's definition of what they think of when they think of financial coaching. It's also important to understand that financial advising, well, I'll put that in air quotes kind of loosely, which I'll sort of lump financial coaching under that broader umbrella, It's certifications and licenses are kind of different than everywhere else, right? So when we say certifications, I think what most people are meaning is licenses. Yeah. The reason why there's this confusion is that if you want to be an attorney, you have to have a certification that says that you know what you're doing as an attorney and you have to be licensed as an attorney. And both of those things are the same thing, which is the bar exam and being licensed by the bar, right? Same thing with medical doctors and the medical boards, same thing with dentists, same thing with most other professions, right? The certification, even cutting hair, right? Cosmetology, the certification and the license is one and the same. With financial advising services, the certifications and the licenses are actually separate. So the license gives you the legal ability to do something and the certification says You have the competence to do it. And in fact, like I'm a registered investment advisor, one of the things that you have to actually put as a disclosure is that being a registered investment advisor does not suggest a certain level of training or competency. I'm also a certified financial planner. That does suggest a certain level of of, uh, education or competency, but being a CFP by itself doesn't allow me to do anything. Right. I have to have both.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting and a, a challenging concept, I think, in the beginning to get down where it is like, wait, so the CFP doesn't allow you to do the stuff that it trains you for legally. Right. Right. But then I, ha- I can get a license to do it without having to go through all of the CFP coursework.
1: Correct. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, but you can use the CFP to bypass the licensing test. Yes, but you still have to get licensed, right? You're bypassing the test, but there's still the licensing and the regulatory. So it is still separate. And so this is is a really kind of a, a funky thing. So I think it's also important that we're clear, we're going to use the term certification and the term licensing. And we're meaning with certification, competency stuff, and with licensing, licensing stuff. But generally when people say, what certifications do they need? What they really mean is what licenses do I need? Do I So there's first step.
0: Very helpful clarification to get,
1: you know, put in place right off the bat. So thank you. All right. So now let's define financial coaching in a few different ways and talk about the licenses that would be required, right? From a legal perspective. Uh, first way is you are going to help people with budgets. You're going to help people with debt, with psychology around spending. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to talk anything about insurance, taxes, investments, uh, investments, uh, estate planning, any of that type of stuff. You're just not going to touch it, not going to mention it. You have literally lobotomized those words out of your head somehow. Okay. I'm sorry.
0: I whatever circumstances caused that to happen. I'm sorry that okay. must have been uncomfortable, but for, you know,
1: this example, we'll continue forward. We'll continue forward, yes. So, under that very narrow description, no licenses. <laughs> Right. No license is required because under that very narrow description, you are avoiding any of the topics that would require licensing. Then we have to start looking at once we go beyond that, we start moving into more gray areas and we get gray, very dark gray to the point of of an area that people would say, ah, that's not gray anymore uh, pretty quickly. And it's going to somewhat depend on the state that you're in. Actually, and let me take another step back. There are some states that require all financial coaches to be licensed as registered investment advisors. So depending on the state you're in, even the statement that I made before may be false. Right. You may actually be required to be registered as a registered investment advisor or some other license.
0: As time at this time of recording, I think one of those is
1: Washington. Doesn't surprise me. Washington is very aggressive. I
0: was going to say um, very strict uh, yeah, and aggressive around that. So yeah, great point because it's really important to check on a state by state basis.
1: Yeah. So if you're, and then it just depends on kind of what you want to talk about. If you're going to talk a lot about insurance, depending on the state that you're in, you may have to have a state's insurance license to provide direction and uh, advice and counseling, coaching related to insurance, right? Some states actually say, unless you are licensed as a insurance agent, you can't actually provide advice on insurance. By the way, a lot of people say, well, I'm I'm not providing advice. I'm just educating them that term insurance is the better insurance and whole life insurance is the worst. No, that is advice. The fact that you're calling it educating doesn't change the fact that it's advice. The law doesn't care what you call it. The law cares how do you hold yourself out and right. what would a reasonable potential client think you're doing? Right. right. That's what the law cares about. And for those of you who say, well, all my clients know I'm just educating. No, it's not what your clients think. It's what a reasonable person might assume. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So that's one factor. Another factor is taxes, right? So if you're going to provide support around taxes. Or have taxes be a part of what you're going to talk about. Again, state by state. Some states will say anyone can help with taxes. Other states will say only an EA or a CPA can help with, well, and and a tax attorney can help with taxes. Other states will say we have our own registration process that's completely separate. CPAs can bypass it, EAs can bypass it, and attorneys can bypass it. But anyone else would have to go through our registration process. When it comes to estate planning, that's going to be pretty much across the board. You cannot give legal advice. So be careful with anything related to the law, just as a general rule. Um, now, you can always give the advice, you should talk to a lawyer. That is always safe to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or you should talk to a CPA or you should talk to a CFP. Right. That, that giving that advice is always safe. But, you know, that's an area where you need to be licensed as a lawyer in order to do those types of things, as well as representing a client in a legal matter. A lot of people will say, oh, well, I'll negotiate on behalf of my clients for this lawsuit that they're in because their credit card company is going after them. It's a really, really bad idea, right? And then with anything related to investments, you have to be licensed appropriately. Uh, generally speaking, the one that we talk about the most is the series 65 license, because that is the advice giving license. There are other licenses, however, that are out there that you can't get, right? Okay. Series six or series seven to allow you to sell stocks with the series six, allow you to sell annuities with the series seven. And so you can give advice around the purchases of stocks so long as it is solely incidental to the sale. And you can give uh, Advice around the purchase of the annuity, as long as it is solely incidental to the sale, right? With different types of licenses,
0: stuff I am not particularly interested in, which is why I originally <laughs> went the financial coaching within that specific lane. Right, um, but yeah, I know that there are people who are interested in doing that, and so it's important to know what you need to have, you know, license-wise and or certification-wise, mm-hmm. um, in order to be able to do that. Uh, yeah. and, and she asked what kind of certificate or licenses do you need as a financial coach in the Washington area? I'm not a hundred percent sure that Washington state does require this like yeah. as a state, but yeah, you had mentioned being registered as an RIA.
1: Mm-hmm. Generally, most states are going to utilize the RIA structure because it's the most in alignment with it. Obviously it's going to be up to the state. So that's kind of up in the air. Yeah.
0: And this is a, Area that we don't have a ton of clarity in right now, I mean, I think it's important to note that financial coaching does kind of fall within this unregulated in the way that it's not directly regulated, but as you just talked about, there are certain things we can't give advice around legal advice, tax advice, investment advice, and there are different perspectives within the financial coaching industry. I think we take more of the belief that re- regulation will be coming. we just don't know when and that could be two years from now. That could be twenty years from now.
1: It you know, could be next
0: month. You know, you don't. Yeah. We don't actually know. I just. Um, and hopefully, the more that we can educate coaches around where our lane is, say, the less surprised we'll be if regulation
1: comes. The less surprised we'll be, and the more that coaches in general don't push the envelope. Yeah. The less onerous. The, the regulation will be right. Regulation doesn't necessarily mean that financial coaching is disappearing. Right, that you're all going out of business. It may just require some additional work on your part with regards to the meeting the regulatory requirement. And that regulatory requirement could be very simple to meet. It could be very onerous and difficult to meet. The more that we create a wild west environment in financial coaching, the more likely it's going to be onerous. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is all my own personal pet peeve, but the more, well, anyway, I'm going to say it. it Just like the more that you you integrate advice around crypto investing into your financial coaching as an unlicensed person, probably the more issues we're going to have if and when regulation comes down the pike. Anyway,
1: yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, you you want to be very careful about, especially things that are highly likely to blow up in clients' faces in ways that might make national news. That could be that could be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Crypto, by the way, not the only thing that could cause issues. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So that's the legal side of it. Yay. Isn't this fun? Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about uh, certifications from an education standpoint. Right. So that's the licenses, the legal side. Now let's talk about certifications. And obviously, based on what we talked about before, no certifications are required, just like there are no certifications that are actually required in my opinion, unfortunately, for financial advising. Mm -hmm. There are financial advising MLMs out there where literally it is two weeks of training, one week to pass the licensing exam, one week to sell the product. And that's pretty much exactly the level of uh, educational certification training that exists, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, financial coaching doesn't have any legal certification requirements because financial advising doesn't have any legal certification requirements right now. It's all a licensing thing. Yeah.
0: And note that we do have a, you know, as you will be able to tell, we have our own opinion and position on this, some of which comes mm-hmm. from you being a tenured professor of personal finance.
1: Yes. <laughs> and, and, <getting> yeah.
0: <laughs> and so like we're we we do come to it with that lens. And I also think you in particular With being a financial planner and i know you've spoken about this having clients that have come to you with messes that have been created from people who have had blind spots that could have at least hopefully been minimized with more education and ongoing training so yeah, if you sense a little bit of bias in our voices there are reasons there are reasons yes from our own
1: experience (laughs) yeah and and so as we as we look at certifications i think that's the big thing with certifications is it's not a matter of it's not a matter of whether or not they're required by law but you need to think about it for yourself do you require it of yourself from an integrity and an ethics standpoint because it's really really important that you kind of ex- you do legitimately explore that As a financial coach, you have an obligation to your clients because you are helping them with one of the most fundamentally important aspects of their life. And it's not because money is super important and more important than anything else. It's because money is tied into every other aspect of their life. Yes. Right. And I'm not going to pick on financial coaches. I'll pick on financial advisors. Obviously, financial coaches get lumped into this as well in truth, but... You know, unfortunately, too many people in the financial advising world don't take that responsibility seriously enough. The reality is, you know, I, I see sometimes financial coaching being uh, likened to like coaching in sports, but there's a much bigger consequence to messing up when, on one end, you've messed up a kid's jump shot. And on the other end, you've made it more difficult for a family to send their kids to college, right? Or you've left their house more open to liability so that they potentially lose it in a lawsuit. And that's a big responsibility. And I think anyone that's providing, we'll call it financial assistance, (laughs) right? Needs to take that responsibility very, very seriously.
0: And one thing to note is that you don't have to, as the coach, be the be-all and end-all of having every single bit of the knowledge. You you don't have to know all of it. Understanding where your blind spots are is an important part of this too. So, you know, when Josh said it's totally okay to refer out to a CFP, to refer out Mm -hmm. to an attorney, to refer out to a CPA, you know, knowing enough so that you know how much you don't know. And when it's appropriate to refer out to people who have those areas of expertise is a really important part of this process as well. So it's not yeah. that we're saying you have to acquire all the book knowledge in the world so that you don't make any mistake. It's also understanding what are your boundaries and what are your lanes and what do you feel mm-hmm. confident in and then making connections and referring out to people who are okay. really good compliments in those areas that you don't feel very confident in
1: or yeah. aren't licensed. And the reality is a good certification will make you feel less confident in the idea of financial coaching, not because you become less competent, but because it really focuses your competence in the area of the certification, but it also helps you to understand the limits of that area. Right. And that's true of any good certification. Right, you're going to get a deep level of knowledge in that particular area, but you're also going to get a better understanding of where the boundaries are around that area.
0: And just so people know, you know, in terms of like, I know you, Josh, uh, you have your CFP, your MBA, you teach personal mm-hmm. finance. Like, it's obvious you know a great load of detail. Uh, and right. you know, I have some letters after my name as well now, but this isn't how I started out. And mm-hmm. so I just want to make sure that people know, like, I didn't come into the world of financial coaching being like wow, certification is the first thing I need to have, you know, six and a half years ago. And, and so it's not me saying, Hey, um, I have always been right at this and gotten it right. And so like, we are on high and kind of Mm -hmm. dictating this to you in any kind of, yeah, way of having shame around it. I'll certainly say part of my experience is just learning. Wow. There was a lot that I was able to learn going through the different programs that I have gone through and what it helped me realize going through them. And you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, what I wish I would have done if I were to do it again. So I just want to make sure that that's a clear distinction that it's not a like my road or our road has been perfect and therefore thou shalt yeah. be too. I don't think that's necessarily coming across, but I think it's important just to have it be stated.
1: Yeah, I would. And the important thing is that you're you are moving intentionally toward more more education. And one of the challenges, by the way, certification is not the only way to do this. Right. Yeah. And not all oh. certifications or things that are held out as certifications are. We'll talk about that too. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, we could get to that. But yeah, not all certifications. Uh, so certifications is not the only way to go about doing this. Yeah. However, it's very important that you realize that reading blogs, listening to personal finance podcasts, those types of things, those are not going to provide you with what you need based on what we're talking about. Right? Blogs are not going to provide the depth. Podcasts are not going to provide the depth and they're not going to help you to understand those boundaries, those things outside of what they talk about. Right? They tend to also be created by people who are focused on talking from their own personal experience rather than focused on talking from what works or what doesn't work in the industry and in the profession. So that's a big thing.
0: Because I mean, it uh, wouldn't I, be very fun to have a personal finance podcast where you just read a personal finance textbook.
1: I mean, right. boring would that be. Right, right. But you can look at uh, education courses. You can look at doing continuing education. You can look at, so there's lots of ways that you can get this without actually having to go through a certification. It's just, good certifications are nicely packaged so that you kind of have a sequence you know what things to work on you know okay this is what i need to do in order to have that base level right right and certifications also will help you build your business right will help mm-hmm. you build your business mm-hmm. one of the things that i find frustrating is people will say well i i you know i've built my business and no one has ever asked me do I have a eh, whatever certification, right? Yeah, I probably would say ninety to ninety-five percent of my clients have never asked me if I have a CFP, right? Ninety to ninety-five percent of my prospects have never asked me. I, I mean, I could probably count on half a hand the number of times that that's been asked. So it's not even ninety to ninety-five percent. It's like a much higher percentage. But we know for a fact from tons of studies that financial advisors with CFPs grow their businesses much faster and have a much higher average income and median income than financial advisors without the CFP marks. I mean, this is demonstrated in tons of studies. And the same thing is going to be true, provided that it's a well-recognized and understood certification. And for uh, the AFC as an example. Or financial coaches who want to, get, who have or want to get the CFP. So as we, as we look at that idea, part of the reason why people say, well, no one's ever asked me is because of self-selection bias. The people who would really care about that probably have done research ahead of time. The few times that people have asked me, do I have a CFP? They already knew the answer. They were just confirming it with me. <laughs> oh, Interesting right? They said, you, ha- you do have your CFP, right? I think I saw that on your website, right? So it wasn't actually asking me. It was just confirming that they were, that they were correct in what they had, had already researched. And this is an important thing because people who don't have certifications for the clients that that is important to them, they probably have already eliminated the person before the call ever happened because they don't see any certifications on the website right? Or in the marketing materials or on their business card or other things along those lines. And so it's really that self-selection bias is a really important thing to understand from sort of like growing your business perspective, right? You will lose out on clients that are looking for it. So then the question becomes, if you decide that you do want to get certification, what certification should you get? Mm -hmm. And this is the more challenging one. (laughs) There are over 400 certifications on the SEC's website for what certifications exist within the financial advising world. That's a lot. Yeah, (laughs) there are very few. And when I say very few, I mean, I think in my lecture slide where I talk about certifications that are worthwhile looking for, Mm -hmm. right? there are, I think it's 10 in total, And that 10 in total includes the EA, the CPA, the the enrolled agent, the CPA, certified public accountant, and the bar exam, right? Being an attorney, right? So it includes anything that might touch financial services. Um, And a lot of the certifications are absolutely worthless. A couple of my favorites, the certified financial fiduciary. The certified financial fiduciary is a person who is has gone through their program to be certified as a financial fiduciary with no legal fiduciary duty whatsoever. <laughs> and in fact, it is mostly held Scary. by people who don't have a fiduciary duty that are under the suitability or the new best interest standards, right? Which are both intentionally not fiduciary standards, right? So that they can say when they're asked, Oh, are you a fiduciary? Well, I'm a certified financial fiduciary. Right. So.
0: Yes, not all are created with yes. the intention of helping clients and or not harming clients. Yeah,
1: the, the other one that I like a lot is the Certified Master of Financial Advising, I think it is, the CFMA. So this one is requirements are you have to have a degree. Doesn't specify the type of a degree, but you have to have a degree and you have to pay us $1,000 a year, I'm done with the requirements. So long story short, not all are created equal. Yeah. So really be careful, right? What what you want to look for with a certification is number one, it's rigorous. The exam is difficult to pass. It has some form of ethics standards and experience requirements. Some kind of continuing education. Some kind of kind of continuing education. These are all things that will make you better at your profession. The better you are at financial coaching, the more your business will grow, right? Period, of end of story. Because you will serve people better. You will avoid those negative spots that could blow up in a client's face, which could ruin referral capabilities. You'll get more referrals, right? It, there's all these reasons why it will build your business. But then on the other side, you want it to be well-recognized. You want it to be something that people kind of know the letters, not people in the industry, but like the general public. Right. And you want it to be something that is that is recognized by governments or the courts or other things along those lines. So those are those are key sort of elements because part of getting a certification is that people see the letters and there's some trust built there. But if they've never heard of the letters before. Right. So you've got two sets of letters after your name, AFC and CMC. The AFC, definitely recognized by government agencies. The CMC, by the way, this is not to say that the CMC is a worthless certification that you shouldn't pursue. Yep. It's just one of them is going to be more valuable than the other. Right. But the CMC may be very worthwhile to add an additional element of coaching.
0: Yeah. As that focuses more on the behavioral aspect of it that isn't covered in the AFC. And that's something that I really enjoy doing. So yeah, yeah, for me, it's like, oh, that's definitely something that I want to take to complement what comes along with the name and the rigor and everything as part of the AFC.
1: Yeah. And so those are things to also consider is what type of business do you want to build? How do you want to do your coaching? And in addition to that well-recognized rigorous certificate, are there other ones that you want to add simply because it would help me be able to shore that up? I will say if you are a financial coach with an EA or a CPA and you're going to make taxes a big part of what you're going to do with financial coaching, that's going to be a really valuable certification, even though they're not really financial coaching certifications, because it really ties in with the service that you're doing, the type of clients you want to go after, the trust that you can build with your clients. 100%. Yeah. So those are kind of the big things, right? While like you, some licenses are required depending on what you're going to talk about and depending on the state that you're in. Mm-hmm. On the certification front, it's more about building your knowledge and building trust and not building trust just because you have letters after your name, but because you actually do know what those boundaries are. When I said earlier, you've left a client's house more open to being lost in a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Right? You understand why a debt payoff strategy could do that. And it doesn't mean you understand the liability of everything that you that you get become a lawyer, but you understand the implications of certain things. So that you can make a recommendation that, hey, this is going to increase your chances for a lawsuit. You're in a field that does have a heightened risk of lawsuit or you have other factors in your life that may that this may be an issue with so before we implement this you should talk to an attorney and talk about asset protection and whether or not they think legally this is a good idea right and that type of advising for clients is incredibly incredibly well received right when you tell a client you know hey here's here's what the plan is but there are these things that could potentially go wrong you need to talk to an attorney they go to the attorney the attorney gives them legal advice and they would have never gotten that protective legal advice without you that doesn't diminish you in the eyes of the client well this person didn't know everything that elevates you yeah and so those are the types of things that a good certification will provide is that ability to know and be able to explain to clients not in detail but from a superficial level, which is far more than most people know, right? Yeah. Why they should talk to this particular professional or that particular professional in this circumstance.
0: Awesome. Yeah. But is there anything, Josh, that we haven't touched on yet that you want to make sure that we cover?
1: Yeah, I would say that each of us took a different kind of route when it comes to certifications, right? You jumped in just completely blind into financial coaching. You think you'd be the first one to admit that. (laughs) I'm a financial coach today. Let's go do this thing full time. (laughs) That's a great idea. And then you went about looking for education, mostly around the business and the process, but then also around getting certifications and other things. And you were successful with it. I was very, very different, right? I had been working in the financial industries since the late 90s. I had been investing myself personally for quite a while, used to listen to Dave Ramsey a lot, listen to tons of other personal finance radio, was a professor that taught in part personal finance classes before I really started to focus on it. And with all of that I really didn't start my financial advising business. The first thing I did was start my CFP. And I still went through it realizing, holy crap, there was a lot I didn't know.
0: (laughs) The CFP is a beast from what I hear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it, it doesn't really matter. You can be successful with either direction, but realize that your background, your successes, your I've been involved in personal finance personally for X number of years. That's not going to be something that is a sufficient replacement for good structured education as it, as it is. It wasn't for me.
0: And Emily had a great question, which is what certifications or trainings do you think will be most helpful in anticipation of future regulation?
1: Huh. Wow. That's a dart at the dartboard, isn't it? So I would say that the most
0: Well, I think even with that, so one, we don't know if and when regulation is coming. Right. And I think that even breaking it down, can certifications or trainings be like, can they actually even be helpful in anticipating
1: future regulations? Or is that more of a licensing question? Yeah, that's going to be more of a licensing question. What I will say is my opinion, just my opinion, the most likely regulatory direction that people will, that, Governments will go in is just requiring coaches to be registered investment advisors. The regulatory framework is already there. It doesn't require the sale of commissioned products, which most financial co- pro- coaches don't do. It's a, so many the states that are requiring financial coaches to get licensed. That's the license that they're requiring them to have. So there's kind of this it's culmination. Like, oh, this of, will fit. Sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This fits, fits nicely fits on yeah. that one. <laughs> and other states have already done it which that's what a lot of states like to do is just copy paste, right? Yeah. And so, you know, there's a there's a, I think that that's the most likely license. If you're looking at a certification though, the safest bet would be the CFP, mainly because once you have the CFP, you can just bypass the license, the Series 65 exam. You just have to go through the rest of it. Your second safest bet is probably the AFC because it is the one that is the most recognized and the most likely certification to have a seat at the table with regards to governments, right, as they go through this. Yeah. Um, so I think those would be your two safest. Realize the CFP, depending on the state you're in. Some uh, states will say, if you have a CFP, you have to be licensed as a registered investment advisor if you're not licensed mm-hmm. some other way, because of the assumption that if you have a CFP, you automatically are giving. Full financial planning, including investments. Yeah, so that's something to consider as well. But those would be the two that I would consider to be safe. Mainly, well, not safe. Would be the most likely to be at, to place you in a, in a ahead of the pack.
0: and if they're going to distinguish or differentiate between coaching and advising, the AFC is recognized by. A lot of different governmental organizations it's one of the they say
1: yeah the department of defense i think now the policy is that you cannot get onto the base or unless you have a cfp or afc
0: as, so, yeah for like financial counseling or yeah financial advising yeah. so i think you know the cfp and you can push back on this josh i would say would be overkill for what most financial coaches will oh
1: yeah. All Far the, overkill. yeah i mean it's like, it's great education i think personally, I think so it'll you help show you really your lot of money spot. that you should have the CFP as a baseline, right? Yeah, but it is definitely overkill for what most financial coaches are going to do. so yeah.
0: it, it would it would definitely give you a sense of what your potential blind spots were and help fill those in., yeah. um, although you would likely not use much of what you took or what you learned in the CFP as a financial coach. directly as a financial coach, where you okay. would have more of that in the AFC. So just so people don't necessarily run out thinking they have to take the cfp oh um, yeah no not a at financial all coach. yeah and you didn't say that but it's just uh so they don't freak out
1: yeah yeah the, the this was more in response to out of the two regulators are probably going to look to the cfp that doesn't necessarily mean that the afc is a bad idea the regulators won't look at it. it's just that regulators are already familiar with dealing with the cfp because they deal with right the familiarity point that you talked about
0: yeah again we don't know we don't have a crystal Mm -hmm. ball we can't say that this is going to happen um or
1: soon or ever yeah
0: yeah, that's the thing i mean life coaching i think you still don't have to like there are different Mm -hmm. elements of coaching where you don't have to because it's called a coach uh, yeah be regulated and so we don't know um i think there is it it does kind of not blow my mind, but it's interesting. It's like, wow, okay. So the person who cuts my hair has to be licensed. And, and, you know, so does a license also, you know, necessarily mean competency? Not always by any means, but it is interesting that the person cutting my hair does need a thousand hours of training and a license when, you know, I didn't. Yeah. Um, And I think we could, as a profession, generally screw people up a lot more than a bad haircut. haircut. Yeah. Again, that doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's just an, It's an interesting thing when you look at and you're like, oh, that's, that's regulated and we aren't.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Fun. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks lobbying industry or money.
1: (laughs) We'll take it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. So you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well.
0: If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Network backslash start here or Financial Network backslash stall there if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.